Well, good morning. Oh, it's good to see you all this Lord's Day. It's good to have the one family together in one service, and it is a, a good feeling for this pastor to see all of you here together. Uh, as we enter into this new year, we're going to begin a new series beginning today called Discovering the Disciples' Path. And I'll give you more clarifications of what that looks like here in just a little bit. Uh, but today, specifically, I'm going to be preaching on the topic of moving forward. And so it's probably a message that everyone in here probably feels like doesn't apply to them. Uh, that's probably what we're, we all a lot of times feel like. You know, I'm good right where I'm at in my walk with the Lord. I'm good. I, I don't need to do anything different. But the truth is, is that we're all on a journey. Amen? We're all on a journey. And from the time that we were conceived in our mother's womb... We have all been on a journey, and that journey moves forward. And so that's how we were created, to move forward. We're all on this path of maturity. And so you might say, well, wait a minute, Pastor. I I'm a grown adult. Do I still need to mature? Am I still maturing? And say, well, yeah, 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 you're still maturing. All of us here are still maturing because you may not know this, but you don't know everything, Right? No nudging spouses, all right? You don't have all the wisdom that there is in the world. You're still maturing in wisdom. You may still need maturing in your physical being as well, whether that's growth or some health issues or emotional. You're still maturing in the physical realm. And also, you might still be maturing in relationships with other people. You're still working on that, and, and you're maturing in what it is to be in the right relationship with your spouse and your children or your parents or whatever it may be. But today we're really looking at and we're dealing with the relationship with the Lord. And we want to look at moving forward in our faith. So the new year, as we come to the new year, it is a good time for us to each individually do some soul searching. To look at our own hearts, to look at our own lives, and to see where we are in our relationship with the Lord. And so as we look at ourselves, we ask ourselves, okay... Am I the same today that I was last January 2019 in my walk with the Lord? Or even, do we even be honest enough to say, am I, have I changed any at all since when I first came to know Jesus Christ as Savior? Have I grown at all in my faith since then? Whatever the case may be, friends, we need to ask ourselves, have I grown stagnant in my faith? Have I become bogged down? Are we stuck somewhere in our journey? We become, a lot of times, I think, like this news report that I saw this week, that there are people who are traveling along, moving forward on their journey on New Year's Eve in, a, in Washington State. And heavy winds began to blow across the highway, which caused tumbleweeds to blow across the road. And the traffic had to slow down, and then this. I want you to see this real quick video of what took place. We have confirmed no one is in this car, but we are trying to access the license plate to get a hold of the owner. That is just crazy. <laughs> that is just crazy. T enough tumbleweeds to cause traffic to come to a complete stop on the highway. You know, as I was thinking about that, you know, here's the application for us. If we're not careful as believers... We will also begin to slow down in our walk with the Lord, and heavy winds or storms will begin to blow, and we will come to a complete stop in our journey of moving forward. And maybe that's some of you who are here today, that as you examine your heart and examine your life and your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, you feel like that you have come to a stop, that the tumbleweeds of life have gotten you bogged down, that the winds have caused you to slow up in your journey. 
And you've grown sluggish even in your relationship with the Lord, and you don't feel like you're moving forward at all. Well, today, let's take a look at that. And let's see what the Lord says about moving forward in our faith. But here's the thing, friends. Now, let's just be honest, all right? Let's just be honest as believers. Let's be honest with the Lord, be honest with ourselves, and know that the problem with too many Christians today, and I'll even say too many Christians in America, the problem with too many Christians in America is that we are comfortable that we are satisfied maintaining our same position or we've become apathetic about the things of God. And as we look at the book of Hebrews here in a few minutes, the writer of Hebrews was dealing with that with the believers then. And what we need to understand is that just as the Holy Word of God was applicable to the people who were reading it then, it's applicable to us today as well. Amen? And so we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 5, starting verse 11, right in the middle of what the writer is talking about. And we'll give you some clarification on that in a little bit as well. We're going to start at 511 and go to chapter 6, verse 12. So in honor and reverence to the Word of God, if you would please stand as I read this for you, if you're able to stand as we read this passage this morning. Hebrews 5, starting at verse 11 through 612, says this, And about this we have much to say. It is, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk and not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away. To restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for those sake it's cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation, for God is not unjust." So as to overlook your work and your love that you have shown for his name and serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. So that you may not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We pray that you would take the word now and apply it to our hearts and our lives. Lord, that we would truly do an honest assessment of our walk with you and on this journey. And may we decide today, Lord, that no matter where we are in our faith journey, that from this point forward, we will move forward in our faith. Lord, I pray that you'd guide us, that you would challenge us, Lord, that you would correct us, Lord, that you would help us to set aside all the distractions of the world and our life beside us, and may we focus totally on you this morning and what you need for us to hear and to understand individually and as a church as well. Lord, may you have your way in every heart and every life, no matter where people are on this journey. Lord, may we walk away knowing that you've touched us and called us closer to you. Now, Lord, may the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, if you picked up a bulletin today, you know that there is an outline there in the bulletin. We're going to follow that along at four points and a to-do that we're going to look at. If you don't have the bulletin, you can easily pull that up on the app, the MPBC Life app, and we'll go at it from that angle as well. But what we want to see here is these things that we think about moving forward. And the first thing that we want to see of moving forward is the danger of not. The danger of not moving forward. All right? So there's a danger in not moving forward, and we see that in the passage of Scripture that we just read. As we think about the book of Hebrews, Hebrews is a very deep theological book. As we think about this book, the book of Hebrews tells us several things about who Jesus is, and it tells us that Jesus is greater, that he is better, that he is greater than all other things, that he is greater. And throughout the book, we see that he is the greater prophet, he's the greater priest, he's the greater king. In the book of Hebrews, we see that he is greater than the angels, that he's greater than Moses, he's greater than Joshua, that he's greater than Aaron. We see that he's the greater sacrifice, that he's the greater one above all. But right in the middle of the writer of Hebrews telling about how Jesus is the greater priest, the writer then sort of pauses and challenges the people or the hearer or the believers in that day, and the Holy Spirit uses it today as well, it's almost if you can hear the writers pause and stop and breathe a sigh of, of dis, displeasure and saying, you know, you really need to hear what I need to tell you, but I'm not sure that you can handle it because you've not grown in your faith. And it was a conviction of immaturity, but also a call to step up and mature in the faith. There's a call to move forward in the faith. And he has examined their lives as believers. And he says this again in verse 11 and 12. He says, about this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk and not solid food. And so what he's saying is that there's a danger because of what they were doing that we need to understand here today as well. That when we're not moving forward, there's a danger that we move backward. As believers in Jesus Christ. Y'all with me this morning? Come on now. Amen? Amen. When we're not moving forward, there's a danger that we're going to move backward. And so what we see here is this danger of not moving forward is that they had become dull of hearing, as it tells us there in verse 11. The people in that day had become dull of hearing. And and beloved, I'm, I'm here to say that I believe that we've also become dull of hearing. Too many believers in America, I believe, have become dull of hearing. And what does that mean, dull of hearing? Dull of hearing means sluggish. It means lazy. It means slothful. It's a condition of spiritual apathy. It was an indictment to the believers of the day. But I believe it's a word that we need to hear today as well. Because what had happened is that they had become lazy in their spiritual development. And that they were not growing in their walk because the Word of God had taken a back seat to everything else. They're reading, they're receiving, they're learning, they're studying, they're meditating on and acting upon the Word of God had become dull to them. As I was reading this week in some of the commentaries, one of the commentators said this. He said, one of the first symptoms, now listen, one of the first symptoms of spiritual regression or digression or backsliding is a dullness toward the Bible. He goes on and he says, to those people, Sunday school class is dull, the preaching is dull, anything spiritual is dull. And he says that the problem usually is usually not with the Sunday school teacher or the pastor, but with the believer himself. And beloved, we have to ask you, could this be where we are today? 
as, as believers, that we should be moving forward in a faith. We should be advancing as believers. We should have grown in our walk with the Lord, but we're at a standstill. And we've been at a standstill for a long period of time. You claim to be a follower. People claim to be followers of Jesus, but are not following him at all or following him anywhere. As he says here, these are folks who still need milk when they should be on solid food. Because as believers, we're like spiritual infants where we begin with milk. You know, that's what happens with, with our babies, right? Where they begin with milk, their mama's milk or Infamil or, or Similac or one of those other milks. When it would it be crazy if you saw a child who, who has been on milk and grows and is in the third grade or fifth grade or even a senior in high school and still walking around with a bottle in his hand? Man, you'd look at that and you'd say, that's ludicrous. Somebody give that child some solid food. I mean, that's what all grandparents do to babies at about one month, don't they? <laughs> that baby comes home and... and uh, Give him about a month, and then some grandma says, that's good, now let's give that baby some mashed potatoes. <laughs> right? Because we know it shouldn't, that baby shouldn't stay on the milk, but to grow and to, to move forward in the faith. And so the same thing here for us as believers. There's a danger that if you're a believer, if the Word of God, listen, if the Word of God has become dull to you, it's a danger for you. Amen? It's a danger. So we need to be careful because the next step backward, not only is that dullness of hearing, but also to be what we find in verse 13. It says, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. So this unskilled, that's the next part of this, is the unskilled in the word of righteousness. So that you're dull of hearing, and then if you're dull of hearing, you become unskilled in the word of righteousness. So what does that mean? That means that, that if you become dull of hearing, if, if the preaching is dull to you, if spiritual things are dull to you, if the word of God is dull to you, then it's not going to be long before you can become unskilled in the word of righteousness, meaning that you're going to lack the experience in what it means to be in righteousness. You're going to be unskilled in, what it, in truly experiencing what it is to be a child of God. You're going to be unskilled in living out your faith. You're going to be unskilled in loving Him and not loving Him properly or loving others properly. You're going to be unskilled in that. You can be unskilled in the teachings of righteousness and not learning more about him and not putting into practice the things of God, not exercising the spiritual disciplines. If you, the word of God has become dull to you, then you're going to be unskilled in what it is to be a follower of Jesus. And so this praying and reading the word and corporate worship together and our tithing even and sharing and serving, doing these things consistently and diligently and faithfully and daily, those we become unskilled. And if that's you, then, beloved, be careful because you're not moving forward, but you're going backward. If we become dull of hearing to the word, we become unskilled in the word of righteousness. And then there's another digression where we are dull of hearing and we're unskilled in the word of righteousness. Then the other danger is that you're unable to discern good from evil. You see in verse 14 he says these words, solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. You see as an infant, infants are unable to discern, right? I mean if you've got a baby in the house, what do you need to do? You need to keep your eyes on that little fellow, the little girl, all the time. Because that little baby is going to grab a hold to everything and put it in its mouth, right? 
It doesn't know how to discern whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. And so it needs somebody. This baby needs somebody to help it to know what's right and what is wrong. But as the baby grows, the baby is able to discern. And such it is for us who are believers. And for the immature believer who has grown dull in hearing and is unskilled and inexperienced in the word of righteousness, then they're unable to discern from good, good from evil. So here's the thing. I don't want you to miss this, all right? So if we're not moving forward in our faith and, and the things of God become dull to us and this, we have a dullness in our hearing and we become unskilled in the ways of righteousness, then also the next step is we're unable to discern good from evil. It will not be long before we are, we're likely to compromise with the world and we'll say, oh, it's not a big deal that they're doing that because everybody else is doing it. You see, if we become dull of hearing and unskilled in the word of righteousness, then we're unable to discern good from evil. We think everybody else is doing it, it must be okay, and we're not able to identify the false teachings that we hear on podcasts or radios or TV or internet, wherever it may be. So there's a danger, listen, there's a danger in not moving forward. We become dull of hearing, unskilled in the word of righteousness, unable to discern good from evil, and then you're just one step away from going astray. You're just one step away from going astray. As a matter of fact, in chapter 6, verse 6, it talks about, and then have fallen away. Those who have fallen away. Fallen away from the Lord. The writer goes on to say in verses 4 through 6, that such people who've gone astray, who fall away, are making a mockery of Jesus. Just like those who crucified him. That they're on the same side of those who are against the Lord. Now, can you imagine that? You claim to be a believer of Jesus Christ, but, but if you've fallen away, then now you're on the, on the opposite side of where you're supposed to be. The truth is, listen, the truth is you're either on the Lord's side or you're playing for the enemy. One or the other. See, beloved, there's a danger in not moving forward in our faith. So I pray that as we're gathered here, that you'll be challenged today to not stay the same. To rather that you would be pushed and pulled and prodded outside of your comfort zones and to grow in your faith. And so as we think about, not only today, but all this year about the disciples' path, the disciples' path should be one of maturity. As we're on this journey, all of us who claim to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we cannot stay the same. We cannot. We must all move forward in our faith. We must all move in the direction of growing in our walk with Him. So our path is not one where we sit on the sidelines, but rather where we're moving forward in our faith. And so this year, as we think about this Discovering the Disciples' Path, it's a series that's going to go all the way through November. But it's going to include four mini-series. So on this Disciples' Path, P-A-T-H, those, as you know me, it's got to stand for something, Right? So it stands for something. So we're going to discover areas of moving forward, all right? Y'all with me? And so here's the first one we're going to do. We'll start this next week, which the P stands for pillars in place. And so the pillars in place is, is where we're going to learn to have strong foundations, where, what we believe and why we believe what we believe. So that's the first, first thing is to have the foundation set. The pillars are in place. The second is the actions of advancement. We're going to talk about what it is to grow in our relationship with the Lord. And so we're going to spend several weeks just on the Lord's Prayer. Because, beloved, here's the thing. If you really want to grow, it's going to involve you praying. Amen? 
there must be an emphasis on prayer. And so we're going to spend some time talking about prayer, what that means to pray. And then thirdly, we're going to see toiling in our task, which means serving the Lord. So we're going to serve in the Lord. We're going to work through the book of Ephesians as well. And then the last one is heeding the heart of God, which means that we're to be on mission. And so we're going to look at Jonah. We're going to go through Jonah. And that's going to go all the way through November. Now, I don't know if you're excited about that, but I'm telling you, I'm excited about that. Amen. And we're going to see, discover this disciple's path as we move forward in our faith. So the question for all of us as we begin this first Sunday in January of 2020 is, as you discover where you are, are you moving forward in your faith? You see, the truth is, now let's just be honest, like we said, the truth is, is that many believers today all across America, all across the Commonwealth of Virginia, all across Colonial Heights and wherever you live, there are believers who need to be challenged to move from laziness to lift, from apathy to advancement, from comfort to change, from maintaining to movement, from existing to excitement, from being bogged down to being bold, from sitting still to being stirred in our spirits, and from playing patty cake to being passionate about Jesus. Amen? That's what we need to be doing. And so we need to be moving in our faith, moving and growing as believers in Jesus Christ. So there's a danger in not moving forward, and then there is a directive too. There's a directive to move forward. So in chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works of faith toward God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. So what we see here is that there's this directive, there's this command. Not only do we see in this passage of Scripture the danger of not moving forward, but there is a directive, there is a commandment that we as believers must move forward. So we're to move on to maturity. So what the writer here in Hebrews is saying is don't get hung up on the rituals. Don't get hung up on the routines. Don't get stuck being satisfied with the elementary elements of the faith. Don't just learn the ABCs of the faith and camp out there. You know that when we go to school as kids, we learn our ABCs and the times table, the multiplication table, and how to add. We learn all that in the first, second grade, right? When we get to be seniors in high school and college and seniors in college, we're not still learning the ABCs. We're still not learning what it is to add and to subtract and to multiply. We're not doing that. But what we've done is we take those elementary principles and we've applied them to the other parts of our life so that we're growing and maturing in, our, in what it is to, to grow in our knowledge. And such it is in our faith. He's saying this, look, don't just camp out there in the elementary principles, but move beyond it. Use it and apply it, but then move on to maturity. He says in verse 1, chapter 6, Therefore... Let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ. Therefore, so the therefore, what's it there for? It's therefore because in order to avoid the dangers that he just talked about moving forward, he said move on to maturity. In order to avoid those dangers, move on to maturity. We must, listen, we must move forward. It is imperative that we move forward in our faith. It is a command of God that we move forward in our faith. We're made that way. We're made to go forward. And this, this, is, this is where we're like airplanes. All right, preacher, you got me. How are we like, how are we like airplanes? 
This is how we're like airplanes. When an airplane is traveling, it's moving forward. If it stops moving forward, it's not a good thing. (laughs) Because if it's not moving forward, it's going down. If it's not moving forward, it crashes. And so that is just like us in our walk of faith, beloved, that if your journey is not moving forward, you are headed for a crash. Amen? God's Word, therefore, directs us. It commands us that we're to move on to maturity. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, that, that as newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. So as believers in Jesus Christ, this is where it begins for us, right? When you first come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you, you long for the milk of the Word. You, gr- you long for what it is to understand who He is, and you get into the Word of God, and you grow in that relationship with Him. But it doesn't say that you just stay, stay there. He says, no, that by it you may grow up into salvation. We, we still got a lot of growing up to do, amen, as believers. All of us do. We're not there yet. We still have a ways to go. And then Paul, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, as we see the progression of growing up, where he says this. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, he says, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. There's a progression there. And for, listen, as believers, let's just be honest. There's some of us as believers who need to put away some of our childish ways. Amen? And put away some of the childish things of the past and grow up what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But we become dull of our hearing. We become unskilled in the word of righteousness. We're no longer able to discern what's right and wrong. And we're not really who we're supposed to be as believers in Jesus Christ. And so what we see here is that the believers then in Hebrews and we must also move on from spiritual infancy. And so we're to move beyond, listen... We need to move beyond a half-hearted commitment to Jesus Christ. Y'all with me this morning? And we need to move beyond that. I mean, we are so committed to so many things, right? Man, we're committed to our favorite football team. We're committed to our favorite school. We're committed to to our favorite brand of bologna. I mean, we're so committed, right? A lot of things we're committed about. But the most important thing that you need to be committed to is a person, and his name is Jesus. All right? And so let's not be half-hearted about our commitment to Him. Let's be whole out, sold out, committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And quit, listen, and quit dabbling in mediocrity. And quit dallying with sin. And quit downplaying your commitment to Jesus and move on to maturity. Amen? It's in this directive we also see that we're to move on to maturity. But then also we see in the preceding verse, the one right before it in verse 14, the how of the command of to, mature, to move on to maturity. You see in that verse how to do this. When you read it again, it says, Solid food is for the mature, for those who have the powers of discernment, trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So there's the how to. This is the how-to in moving on to maturity. You're to train by constant practice. In order to grow, listen, but you are not going like this. In order to grow, you must exercise. Y'all like that, don't you? Right? In order to grow, you must exercise. In other words, to grow in your faith... You must put into practice the things of God. 
You see, you must practice to see progress. You know, as I was in school years ago, I, I, I hated homework. Can I get a witness? I mean, who likes that stuff, right? But the teacher saw something in us that needed to take place. You need to practice what you've been taught. Because practice, you, you, as you practice, it causes you to have progress, right? It's amazing to me how much we need to do that to keep moving forward. You know, th- here's the thing is that that which is, don't miss this, that which is never exercised grows weak, Right? So we're to be putting into practice the things of our faith. And those things that we're not exercising, it grows weak. Last year, a lot of you remember last year I had surgery uh, on my leg. And I had, I mean, on my ankle, my foot. And on my leg, from the knee down, I had a cast. And for six weeks, I had this cast. And so every two weeks, they would take the cast off and put a new cast on. And I was blown away at what I would see every time they take the cast off. I wasn't as much concerned as about my foot as it was the, the muscle behind my leg. That which used to be a muscle won't nothing but flab. Just looking at it, just hanging there. And I said, this is disgusting. <laughs> so what is this? And it's because it had not been exercised. The muscle had not been exercised, so it had begun to atrophy. You see, friends, here's the thing. When we don't use something, or use a muscle, it begins to atrophy. And so here's the truth of that, is that maybe today there's some of us whose spiritual legs have begun to atrophy because we haven't been exercising those things in our life that we're supposed to be exercising. Maybe the spiritual leg of sharing your faith has begun to atrophy. Maybe living out your faith or, or reading and knowing the word of God, pouring out your heart to God or, or serving in some capacity and you're not doing that. And because of that, then your spiritual leg has begun to atrophy. But what we're learning today, what we're learning this year is that we must exercise and train our movement forward with a constant practice putting these things into practice and keep on doing them so that we may progress and mature in our faith. Moving forward. Paul writes to young Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and he says these words, verses 11 through 15. He says, Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. Until I come, watch this, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching, and do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. And watch verse 15. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your, what? Progress. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in these things so that everyone will see your progress. You see, friends, we need to put these things into practice. Amen? To move forward, we need to put these things, putting out, living our faith out in practice. There's a danger in not moving forward. And then there's the directive to move forward, to move on to maturity and to train by constant practice, realizing, thirdly, this, a dependence on him. We need to depend on him. We need to depend on the Lord to move forward. In verse 3, you'll notice what the writer of Hebrews is. And this we will do if God permits. This we will do 
if God permits. Now, what's the, what is the this? Well, you have to go back to the beginning of that section in, in verse 1, where he says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. That's the this. And this we will do if God permits. And in reality, the, this going on to maturity really means let us be carried forward. That's what it literally means. Let us be carried forward toward maturity. And so it is God then who enables us to move forward. It is God who we yield to and we receive his word and we act upon that word. Because here's the thing. He's the one who causes us to bear fruit. Amen? It's the Lord who we must depend upon in all things to be able to bear the fruit. Is we must depend upon him to be able to move forward in our faith. To make the progress. And we say, yeah, I want to make progress. Well, we need to take the actions. But, beloved, we need to understand that we must depend upon the Lord to even make the progress. I'm reminded of uh, what it tells us here in verses 7 and 8. That the one who calls, he's the one who causes us to bear fruit. Those two verses, verses 7 and 8 here, it seemed to indicate that those who produce a crop or those who are bearing fruit are blessed by God, the Bible says. Whereas those who produce only thorns and thistles receive no blessing. And so I'm reminded of what we learned last year as we went through only Jesus in the Gospel of John. John chapter 15, verse 5 and 6, where Jesus said this. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. That whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, Jesus says, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and they're burned. And so what we know is that we are to produce fruit, but we must be abiding in the vine. We must be depending upon the Lord Jesus. You see, it is God who permits and he is, it is God who enables us in our forward movement. We must, we must, we must depend upon him. But also make the movements toward that maturity. I mean, as, as we're depending upon him, as we're seeking to, to move forward in our faith, I mean, think about it. Who can understand the things of God apart from him? We cannot understand the things of God apart from him enlightening us and telling us and showing us in his word, right? What, what child, when you think about infancy and child, what child can mature without someone who knows better guiding him or guiding her? You see, the truth is that we need the Lord in our journey to move forward. There are dangers in not moving forward, but we must move forward. There is a directive to move forward. Move on to maturity, to putting into practice that what it is to be a follower of Jesus and understanding that it is the Lord who's the one who grows us. It's the Lord who, who permits and enables us to mature. So we must depend upon him as we move forward. And then fourthly, we will see this, the demonstrations of moving forward. The demonstrations of moving forward. So if we're moving forward in our faith, now listen, if we're moving forward in our faith, there will be evidence of it in our life, right? If we're moving forward in our faith, then there's going to be evidence of it in our life. There are demonstrations of that progress. And so the author of Hebrews wanted to encourage these believers to move forward and to see the progress. Now, evidently, he had seen some demonstrations of faith in these believers, but was directing them to keep moving forward and to progress more in the development of these areas. So let's just look at verses 9 through 12 here of chapter 6. The writer of Hebrews says, Though we speak in this way, 
Yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as, as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So, so these demonstrations of faith that we see here in this passage must be seen in us as believers as well. As believers in Jesus Christ, if you claim, now listen, if you claim to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, it's more than I, I know I'm going to heaven when I die. Okay? It is, it is we have been crucified with Christ. He now lives within us. Our lives are changed, and there's evidence of it to the world around us. And so we're moving forward. There's demonstrations of moving. So, so we're not stopping as we move forward, but we're making progress, and we're increasing in our quality and, and even intensity. We're faithfully being obedient to the Lord and His Word. We're practicing diligently what it is to be a follower of Jesus. So what then are these demonstrations of faith that we see here in this passage of Scripture? Well, let's look again at verse 10. It says, For God is not just, not unjust, so as to overlook your work. So these believers, the writer of Hebrews is saying, look, I see in you something that you're working, that there is a labor, and they're laboring in Jesus' name. No doubt they're sharing their faith. They're telling other people about Jesus, and they're working. And, and then he goes on and says, not only your work, but the love that you have shown for his name. So he sees this in these people as well, that not only are you working, you're laboring because of your love, you're, that you have a love for the Lord, laboring for his, you, love for his, you have a love for his name. And so this must be seen in believers that we, we don't mind working, we don't mind serving, we don't mind doing uh, for, the, for the kingdom, but also we are doing it because of our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's something about us believers that the world does not have, and that's that we love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of our heart, mind, and soul. Amen? And so this must be seen in us. But not only that, but he talks about your work, but also your love for his name, but also love for the saints. Where he says, the love that you've shown for his name in serving the saints. So they have a love for the other believers. And in loving the other believers, they're also serving each other. And so there, there is this evidence of their faith that they don't mind working. They love the Lord Jesus. They love each other. And they're serving each other. And then he says in verse 12, but, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So they're also going to in, imitate spiritual giants. In chapter 11, the writer talks about some of those spiritual giants who had faith. And so this must be seen in us as well. Do these, he's saying. But then in verse 11, he says, and we desire each of you, one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. In other words, you're to do these let it be a demonstration in your life what you're doing, but don't let it stop. It must continue until the end. Amen? All this must be about us as believers. There's not a point in time where the Lord looks down at you and your walk on your journey and says, Hey, you have done enough. You don't need to grow anymore. It's all good now. Just sit back and relax. I'll call you home in a few years. That's not how it works. Amen? We're to continue to move forward in our faith. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18 says. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter 
until full day. This is this path we're on, okay? The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Beloved, let me ask you a question. Are you growing brighter and brighter on this path? Or is your walk with the Lord getting duller and duller? Only you can answer that question. The Bible says that the path of the righteous is going to shine brighter and brighter until full day. Amen? One thing to do, and that's this. Take the next step. Take the next step. I don't know what that looks like for you. I have no idea what that looks like for you. I know what what it looks like for me, but I don't know what it looks like for you. But you need to take the next step in your faith, to move forward in your faith. You know, I heard a preacher once say this. Don't miss this. A preacher once said, most Christians are betweeners. Betweeners. What, What did he mean by that, you might ask? Well, he said they live between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. They're saved by the blood, but they're yet not enjoying the newness of the resurrection of life. We're saved by the blood, but not enjoying newness of resurrection life. So the question for you, friend, is are you a betweener? It's one thing to believe in the crucifixion, yet another to crucify the flesh. The Bible tells us that I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen? If we say we're believers in Jesus Christ, then let's move forward in this faith and on this journey. Take the next step, whatever that is for you. Get involved in some small group or Sunday school. Begin your day with the Lord in prayer. Buy a devotion book that keeps you on track to read the Word of God this year. Go deeper in your walk with the Lord. Get off, listen, get off the sidelines and begin to serve. And if you're already serving, well, then strive to do even better. Ask the Lord to help you to take the next step, to be healed of any past hurts that you've got. And begin to love again. But be on mission and go on mission. But seek to be the salt and the light wherever and whenever. And hunger and thirst after righteousness. Take the next step. But maybe you're here today and that next step is to take the first step. Maybe you've never trusted Jesus by faith. You don't know him as the Lord and Savior of your life. And your next step for you is to trust him. To acknowledge that you're a sinner in need of a Savior just as we all are. And turn from that sin and turn to Jesus in repentance. And embrace believing with all of your heart that Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross for you and rose again bodily from the grave. Professing Him as the Lord and Savior of your life. And live then in the newness of resurrection life. Because when we accept Christ as Savior, when He comes into our heart and He changes us, beloved, He, he doesn't just make you from being a bad person to a good person. He takes you from being a dead person to a live person. Amen? He gives you life, real life. So come to Jesus. Take the, take the next step. And, and for those of us who are believers, listen, let's admit our faint and our feeble efforts and set our sights and move forward. Trusting, persevering, enduring, working, striving, abiding, depending, and growing 
because that's what he desires for each of us. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, may you have your way in all of our hearts and all of our lives today, that we might be the people of God you've called us to be. Lord, that as we have heard the message proclaimed, as you have taken some little verse or some little spoken word, that you will have applied it to our hearts and lives, that, Lord, we will know that when we walk away from here that we're on fire for the Lord Jesus. Lord, we want to be all that you've called us to be. We want to be faithful and obedient to grow in this faith, to mature in this faith, but also to realize the danger of going backwards. May we repent of that, wherever that is in our life. If we've not grown, but we've gone backwards, Lord, may we seek forgiveness of that. May we confess that before you and say, Lord, help me to move forward. So wherever we are, as every person's in this place today, Lord, wherever they are in their walk with you, I pray, Lord, that we'd be honest with you right now. That you'd have your way in our hearts and lives, Lord, to convict us. And help us, Lord, to be committed to move forward, whatever that looks like. May we surrender to you. May we yield to you. May we trust you in the process, depending totally upon you. Now, Lord, as we come to this invitation, we pray if there are those here who've never trusted you by faith, that this would be that hour of salvation. That they come and take one of the pastors by the hand here and say, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. And they'll come, and we'll be glad to pray with them. But chances are, Lord, that most of the people here have trusted you by faith, but, that, but, but also we know that every single one of us are not where we're supposed to be. And so, Lord, may you deal with us today to make a commitment to follow you, to surrender to you, and to yield to you, and to be committed to whatever it is that you want us to do, to move forward and not sit on the sidelines anymore, to not take a back seat or even be half-hearted in what we are doing, but to be sold out to you completely, we pray. Have your way in every heart and life as we come. And Lord, may people come and just pray silently again or taking the pastor by the hand. Whatever the case may be, we yield this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand and we're going to sing.